Would you like to become a fascinating personality, break free from plateaus, and gain power over your mental resources and your full potential? You came to the right place. Welcome to a magical journey to yourself. This show is made in Germany. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or PureMindMagic.club. Welcome to Season 1, Shaping Your Reality. And here is your host, international magician, speaker, and book author, Victoria Mavis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new episode of the Pure Mind Magic Podcast. Great that you have tuned in again. And before we jump into today's interview, I have a special offer for you. You can get a free audiobook that you can download to your smartphone and access even more knowledge and inspiration. I'm now an affiliate partner and you can get this audiobook by clicking on the link in the show notes. I would be very happy if you check this special offer out and support the Pure Mind Magic podcast. So now over, over to our guest today. Her name is Christy Bilbury. She's a marketing story strategist and a brand story coach. What that means, she will explain to us, and we are talking about why story is so important, even in business as well as in private life, when you tell a story about yourself. Of course, stories matter in magic shows, and so I thought it would be a good idea to bring her into the show and talk about what makes you as a person even more interesting and fascinating. Have fun with the interview! Hi, Christy. How are you today? Hi, Victoria. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. And I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. And to make our listeners kind of curious, can you start with an amazing story about you? Well, let's see. Put on the spot here. I was 21 years old. And I was asked to pick up the first American woman in space, Sally Ride, and drive her to a TV interview. And I had no clue what in the world to talk to this incredible woman about. And um, she really was just disarming and wonderful. And she knows that she is a public figure around the world, especially for women, but I think people in general. And she regaled me with amazing stories. And also, I thought this was interesting at the time. She, uh, this was several years back now. So this was probably the very early 2000s. And having private space travel was a very new thing. 
And so we were talking about that and where she saw that headed. And she actually thought that space travel and the ability to go there shouldn't be limited to billionaires who have the money for it, but she was really interested in promoting a lottery system so everyday people would be able to go and see space the way that she was. And I just thought that was so uh, so incredible, and it's interesting now over the past 15 years how far that has continued. Kind of a different a different topic than what we're discussing today, but when we think about the stories that have stood out to us in our lives and the people who have shared them, stories are, I have a tagline in my business, facts are forgettable, but stories sell. And the reason they sell is because they're so memorable. And having that connection with her and listening to her stories is something that I'll never forget as long as I live. And I think something that a lot of people find daunting is having the ability to share stories in ways that are memorable. And that's something that we're going to get into today, whether that's your business or just in your personal life. That is an amazing story, Christy. And we already experience that you are good in storytelling. And I think this is really something that sells and that makes an emotional connection to your audience, if it's live or just online. So your title is you are a marketing story strategist. For those who don't know, can you explain what you do? Sure. So I started out, my background was in corporate marketing And I loved marketing strategy. And for fun, <laughs> while I was working in the corporate world, I also helped small businesses and nonprofits with their own marketing strategy. So I started my own business and thought, oh, this will be no problem. This is what I've done for other people for a long time. And it was then that I discovered that when you are promoting yourself in your own business, That is when all of our insecurities come out. That is when we start second guessing our abilities. And the same was happening to me despite having my entire career's experience in this area. So I started thinking, my gosh, what am I supposed to say when I talk to people to get them interested in who I am uh, to want to work with me and not in a way that felt really pushy. And so I started investigating other business owners, people who seem to draw people to them magnetically. And I thought, what do they do? Are they just born charismatic people? Is there no hope for me? <laughs> or, or is this something that can be learned? And so what I discovered that was, it, it didn't have to do with their personality or their background or their industry. The one thing that they all had in common was this ability to pull people into their business, their life with story. So they were excellent storytellers. And I thought, well, okay, but I don't feel like I am. So what do I do? And that's when I started to study story. And I realized that just having your marketing message out on all of your platforms isn't enough because a lot of times we're just promoting tips and tricks and trends, not much different than our competitors. So what is it that really makes people stand out and draw others to them? It's the way that they tell stories. So that's when I started realizing marketing isn't going to be enough, especially in the world where we have so many people 
online and fighting for space with social media. So the only thing that really sets people apart is their story and the ability to tell it well. So that kind of gave birth to story-based marketing. So now what I do is I work with clients privately and I have an online course, uh, Stories That Convert, and that teaches people how they can very quickly, without getting a master's degree in literature or something, how they can understand the psychological aspects of story and what draws people in, what makes a story memorable, what influences others about story. And then we do this really cool brainstorm where we dig through their life and we think about things that likely have nothing to do with their business or their cause. It just shows who they are as a person. And then we think about where their audience is and what their audience needs to know to work with them. And we pick out the pieces of their story that answer those questions that likely their audience would never even ask. But we all know they're thinking because we think the same things before we want to support someone or buy from someone. And so then we weave a story. And it's the most authentic way that you can sell. So a lot of people love it who don't enjoy sales because you don't really have to remember a script. You're just recounting specific instances in your life that were pivotal and you use those to actually become your, your greatest sales tool. So that is um, a ton of fun. There's a lot of moments where people will connect dots in their life that they never have seen before. And they often realize that they can be more confident in what they do because what we feel like is accidental in life. Oh, I just wound up here. I just wound up at this job or I just got sick of my job. So I started this business. It's never quite that simple. We made decisions down our path in life for a reason because we were shaped to do so by those who influenced us and moments that influenced us. And we often don't realize it. So it's when we take a moment to step back and really examine that specifically that we can see we ended up exactly where we were supposed to be and are equipped to be there. So it's very strengthening as well. That is so interesting, Christy. And I can hear as well that you are also a strategist and you are really able to connect both worlds from storytelling and all these emotions to a clear strategy and bringing things to the point. So there are a lot of magic shows out in the world for entertainment purpose. And some of them are just illusion after illusion after illusion. Maybe you have seen before. But then yes. when we compare to like cinema, there are films that like attract us into another world and it is like we lose the feeling for time and space we just get absorbed into the story into the movie so what do you think where is the difference and how is this working okay so i think well now i'm not a magician so i can't speak <laughs> to the illusion part but i can definitely speak to um where cinema captures our hearts and allows us to sit in a movie theater or on our sofa and we might be laughing our heads off or crying our eyes out even though logically there's no reason for it because we're staring at a screen we know this isn't real but it elicits such a strong reaction from us that it actually becomes real for us to a degree so 
how are they able to do that? And how is that different than you telling your friend over coffee or over drinks about an experience that you had and sharing something? So the first thing that comes to my mind is that as people, we typically like, well, we probably don't realize we're doing it, but we often diminish our experiences. We trivialize things that have happened to us, whether that's our accomplishments, our past experiences, uh, awards, whatever it is. You, it's like hearing people who are in the entertainment business say, trust me, it's not as glamorous as it looks. And that's the way life is. It's easy from the outside to think something is extremely glamorous, but when you're on the inside, you know it's a ton of hard work and practice and effort that gets you anywhere. But what cinema is able to do is not focus on that. It's able to focus on what is it that connects one human being to another human being. And that is a heart issue. So when I you know, work with clients or in my course, I talk about what makes a story a story? How is a story different than just sharing an experience you had? And there's actually a distinct difference. And you'll notice this in every book, in every TV show and movie. A story is never about recounting a beautiful day's experience. A story is not a story until there is conflict. Something has to go wrong and it has to go wrong pretty early on. Typically what a uh, screenwriter or an author will do is initially they will paint a picture of a scene and they will show, they will depict a person's everyday life before this issue, whatever, however wonderful that was or everyday or awful, they will very quickly give you a glimpse into that person's life. And then next something goes wrong and it goes wrong in a way that we can see that whoever the main character is, it affects them. It affects their heart. It's something that was important to them or it displaced something that was very important to them or a person important to them or completely shifted their mindset. How could this have happened? And it is in those moments that the audience starts to push out other distractions and engage because as humans, we seek resolution. We don't like to see movies end with cliffhangers. We want to know what happens. We want to know how things get worked out because that's the way our minds and our souls operate. We want there to be uh, justice, a right, you know, wrong made right. And so when someone hook, it's called the hook. That's what storytellers use. And when you hook someone, you are immediately drawing them in to something where they think not only is there something that's gone wrong, but I'm seeing the way this is affecting this person's heart, even if this is a character. Now, if this is you telling your own story, um, then that would be something where you would need to initially set up whatever was right or whatever you believed would be stable and then how that came out of place. Because if you only go to the conflict without saying how that's affecting your heart, then people aren't going to engage with their heart. And just like buying decisions, we don't make buying decisions logically. We make them with our heart. It has to provide something that we really want, we really desire. And then we rationalize it with 
the features and maybe the cost and and those different rational pieces. So a storyteller needs to hook their audience with something that went wrong that affects a person's heart. And now if you're in business, what you need to think about is what does your audience need to overcome if they are going to buy from you? They're they're held back by some hesitation or maybe your competitor. So what is it that they need to feel if they're going to say yes to you? And that is the type of story that you then need to craft and look at pieces of your life that will demonstrate it. So without leaving that too vague, I'll say that typically it has to do with expertise. We want to make sure somebody can actually take care of us, perform what it is we need them to do to provide the solution. We're also very interested in their journey and we often don't realize it. So an example I have is the Olympics. Everyone in the world watches the Olympics. However, when you're turning on your TV set and you just see a person swimming across a pool, are you really connected to that person? No, not yet. But what does every news station do for whoever those top athletes are? They're going to give you a really quick backstory. They're going to introduce you to their parents, their coach, their hometown, the struggles that they've overcome. Now they've just hooked you and they've painted a picture and they've made this person come alive. They've given you a reason not to flip the channel, but to start cheering this person on. And when there's a movie or a TV show that you really like, you're often rooting for the main character. And you wouldn't do that if you didn't know a little bit about the journey and about the heart of the person. And that's no different in the business world, no matter what you learned at school. If you give someone a good journey and you connect with your heart, then that is going to win your audience every time. So what you see is people looking very magnetic. Maybe they have a huge following or they make sales really easily. Or maybe you're in a corporate environment or political environment and you just see that people draw others to them easily. I want you to start picking apart what you see as intangible because it likely has to do with those three pieces and that those are things you can learn and those are things you can grow. That is so interesting, Christy. And you're so right with the conflict. And I think it's really, you have all the emotions and then there is the strategy. There's a concept behind all the movies, all the show business and all that. Because I'm quite sure you heard of Joseph Campbell, who yes. is the creator of the hero's journey with this circle. The hero has to go into another world. And maybe you can describe this a little bit and how we can adopt this to our own lives. Because Joseph Campbell also said, follow your bliss and new doors will open. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, I'll touch a little bit on Joseph Campbell. So he has what's referred to as the hero's journey. And this describes epic tales. So for those of you who have read or watched um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, the Matrix, Harry Potter, those types of stories where um, there's, there's actually a formula to it. And those stand out and those really empower and embolden people. So when you watch those types of stories, It gets you excited to bring out the best in you and and figure out how you can experience that and share that with your world. And um, it's actually quite formulaic. 
So it starts with a, a character, a hero, who typically has very high moral values, but they're in a position where they're basically invisible from the world. And they're pretty much okay with that. And then what happens is something goes wrong and someone else is introduced into the story. And this other person is their mentor. And so you can think in all of these stories, you know, that would be like um, Morpheus in the Matrix. That would be Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. That would be Dumbledore in Harry Potter. And so what what that person is doing is basically telling the hero, hey, look, you're the chosen one. Whether you believe it or not, only you are able to slay the dragon, conquer whoever the giant, the bad guy is. And they're like, no, 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 no. You have the wrong person. That's not me. And then finally something happens that makes that main character choose to engage the situation. And then they start down the path. And of course, just like life, once we decide, okay, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to give it my all. Something even worse happens than the initial conflict. It's going to go from bad to worse. And that's where, you know, that's usually kind of the second phase of the story is where things get really bad. And it's like, how in the world are they ever going to come out of this? It looks like there's no hope. And then sure enough, they they do emerge and they conquer the bad guy. So that's a very simplistic version of there's like 17 points on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey that the hero needs to go through to kind of complete the circle and bring justice or completion to the story. Now, when we apply that to our lives, I know there are a lot of people who think that's it. That's what we have to do in business or in any good story we tell. And I actually, I know that that is one story structure, but there are actually a ton of story structures. And one that I often work with my private clients on is the ugly duckling story structure. And what that does is, yes, that's someone who has experienced difficulties, but they're typically someone who's never seen themselves as anything great, and they're not really looking to be a hero. But what happens is by throughout the story and by the end of it, they realize I'm actually not the way that I saw myself. I saw myself as this ugly duckling, but I was never intended to be a duckling. I'm actually a swan. I'm totally different. And in that, I am beautiful. So what I typically do with a lot of my clients is they come to me with what a lot of people feel is, well, this story thing isn't going to work for me because I have a really boring story. There's nothing interesting about me. Um, So maybe that works for my competitors, but Uh, that's not going to help me. So what we end up doing is peeling back these layers of their life, because here's the reason why people think they have a boring story. They say either I just ended up where I am because that's just, you know, the way life happened, or I, I have this business. Well, why do you have this business? Why did you choose this business? Well, I just got sick of my boss telling me that, you know, I had to do what they wanted. So I decided to do my own thing. Okay. So that's the way they perceive their story. Now, when we start looking back at their life, what we see is there were actually 
three to five pivotal moments where their eyes were opened. Some big change happened. They had to step up, whatever it was. But these moments are spread out through two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years. So to them, it seems like no big deal. These were very small changes over over time. They're like, you know, grains of sand. But any story, when you share a story, all you focus on are those pivotal moments. So you strip away the months or years in between and you smash together these pivotal moments into one story and suddenly it's riveting and they didn't realize, oh, all these moments led up to this, take away what we might consider as filler, which really isn't. But if you're making a distinct story, then you're just going to take those individual pieces that you felt like were a million years ago and don't really matter and just show, okay, here's the points of the story. Here's where you were. Here's something that happened. Here's how you engaged. Here's how it got worse. And here's how your life was transformed. So why did you choose to become a magician as opposed to a painter? There's a reason for that. That didn't just happen. You had something that shaped you or someone or likely multiple things that made you decide that's the path I want to take instead of becoming a writer, a painter, a lawyer, whatever it is. So when we can go back and discover those, there are these aha moments where we realize you are very unique in what you do. So you are actually very specially equipped for your audience because of your story. Now you might say, can't my competitor say the same thing? They could, they likely are not because this process isn't something that happens automatically. You have to choose to dig into your life and pull this stuff out and put it together. And usually you do need somebody else to help you go through that because it's very emotional and we want to diminish what we do. So I think this is possible for anyone. Your story is much more incredible than you realize it is. You are exactly where you were supposed to be, even if it doesn't look like it. And if you want to use story to set you apart, or maybe you're in a job and you want it to push you to that promotion, that next level, then I would encourage you to start looking back on pieces of your life that maybe you've discounted in the past and maybe talk to a friend or a family member who can kind of ask some bigger questions. Why? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? What did this look like? It's more than just a resume. A lot of times we look back at our, especially our career professional experience, and we recount our resume. That just tells you, here's where I was. So here's a quick example, and I'll wrap up this question. But let's say you're a lawyer, and you say, I went to Harvard Law School, and then I worked for such and such big firm. I say this because I used to work at a big law firm. So I went to Harvard Law School. I worked at this big law firm, and now I have my own law firm. Okay. And they say, that's my story. That's really, it's as simple as that. Okay. Well, your competitor might tell the story a little differently. Your competitor might say, you know, when I was nine years old, I watched my, my dad was so excited about this property that he had bought. And he was looking forward to that being his retirement and possibly part of my inheritance. But here's what happened here. There was a conflict. And that was either taken from him, swindled from him, 
and he was completely helpless and didn't know what what to do. And so I knew that because he didn't understand the law, he was a lot of what his hopes and dreams were stripped away. And so that put me on the path to want to learn that. Okay, maybe your story wasn't that dramatic, but there are pieces and likely your competitors are only sharing their resume. So if you start to share story of pivotal moments, and even if you think, I don't know what they are, you just have to start. You have to start brainstorming these memories and just start writing out pieces of your life. Now, that's something I you know, have a specific memory prompt brainstorm that I walk clients through and I have those pieces in my course. But, you know, think about pivotal moments of your life and then just dig, just start digging. So anybody can have this, you guys. It's not just for the rich and famous. Trust me. That is so fascinating, Christy. And I feel like it's inception when you are telling me something because it's like a story in a story in a story. So that is so interesting. And let's stay for just one more question in the field of film and entertainment. So because when we look at serial productions like on Netflix, they are very good in building this cliffhanger. So when you start to watch one episode, you have to watch the next and then you have to watch the third and the fourth and so on. And it's really hard to stop and get out of the circle because <laughs> you can't wait what's happening next. So any tips on that, how to create a cliffhanger or in magic, we say always leave them wanting more. Right. Okay. So this is where, um, you know, we talked about in story, there's a conflict and then typically things get worse. Once you decide, it's like you decide you want to lose weight and all of a sudden you get invited to this huge party, you know, where there's going to be tons of food and all this. It's like, whatever you decide to do, inevitably it's going to get harder. Right. So, um, we've talked about a couple things. We've talked about involving the heart And why you care, because if you don't care or you don't show why you cared about something, your audience won't care. So with cliffhangers, now, sometimes they are literally hanging on a cliff or it's something where we think what in the world just happened. So there are ways that you can elongate your story. So instead of just making it neat and tidy, What you can do is, um, so Pulp Fiction is a really good example of this. And in that movie, there's mystery. So you can choose to delay revealing a fact. Now, we see this happen in that movie with there's this case. And the whole point of the movie is to get this case back that we think has Marcellus Wallace's um, soul in it is to get it back into his possession. But we never actually get to see the inside of the contents, but we're very curious about it. Now, in a lot of spy movies, there are whispers where we see people having a conversation, but we don't actually get to hear yet what was said. And it's likely something that was important. Or somebody gets a letter and we see them start weeping or a look of shock, but we don't actually know what was in the letter. And so what you can do with story is, When you're sharing a pivotal moment in your life, okay, something went wrong or somehow your life changed. Maybe it was just, hey, we moved across country when I was 12 years old and that shifted a lot of things for me. 
okay, well, what happened? So what you can give, and this is great, you can use this in your social media posts, Facebook Lives, whatever it is where you wanna leave people hanging or even email marketing. And so you've built up a little bit about where you were feeling, how your heart was involved, that there was something important. And then you just give the first snippet of maybe if it was your move across country when you were 12, then maybe it was there was something unusual happening at your neighbor's house or you thought something unusual was happening at your neighbor's house as you're trying to get used to this new neighborhood where you live and you start to investigate and there's like nervousness or something. Or let's take this to a job situation and let's say you're in a new job and that people around you are um, whispering or there's some big news or you feel like they know something that you don't as you're the new person trying to acclimate or there's the boss that everybody tries to avoid or whatever it may be. You only give the very first glimmer. You don't say, so here's what happened, which is our, what we naturally do. You have to hold back and you have to delay the reveal where you give just the beginning, like it's on the tip of your tongue. And then you say, stay tuned for next time. The news does this all the time. Here's this crazy thing that happened. We're going to share this with you when we come back, except that when the news does it, they do the reverse. They tell you the end that's shocking and they make you want to hear the story. So you can do that two ways. You can either say, here's this crazy thing. Want to hear how it happened? Stay tuned. Or what a lot of screenwriters and authors will do is you're creating this build up. What is the emotion? What is the tension? What is the concern? Okay, don't totally reveal. Then maybe I heard a scream or I heard all my coworkers laughing. Okay, but we don't say why. We just know we're on pins and needles. Stay tuned next time to find out what happened and how that changed everything. So there are definitely ways that you can you can do that um, in your business, whether that's with ads or with marketing in different forms. That is really interesting. So you gave already some of good tips how to tell a story. But as you can imagine, for me, it is when I come to a party or to another business event and introducing myself as a professional magician, everyone gets curious and fascinated yes. by that because it's something out of the all everyday life. So I think people really like that to have an interesting story to tell and get kind of attention from other people around them, from friends or wherever they go when they are at networking events. So Chrissy, what would you say are some tips or maybe exercises to become a better storyteller yourself? Yeah. So I think when it comes to networking events, you know, we've talked about those pivotal moments in our life that shaped us. And I say, pick one. And um, it's not going to be an accomplishment. So it's not going to be, I achieved X, or I went to the school, or I worked here. That may seem very interesting to you, but that's not really going to draw people in. So you need to say, why? You need to basically describe the experience. What happened? So it's not like, oh, I was able to do this. Okay, that's cool. No, if you want to draw people into a 30 second or two or three minute conversation, you'll say something like, 
this is this might sound really bizarre, but or I wouldn't have believed this if I hadn't experienced this myself, like to kind of generate some excitement. And then instead of just doing what we often do, which is going straight for the punchline, we paint a picture. We say, you know, it was really weird. When I was nine years old, I was over at my grandmother's house and we were working on this, I don't know, baking cookies or whatever. And I'll never forget something that she said. Maybe you're a baker now. Okay. So people are interested in stories and they're interested in stories where you share a little bit about why it was interesting to you, why something was memorable to you. And that's going to make them perk up and say, huh, what? Um, that's interesting. I want to know a little bit more. And, um, if you really want to draw them in, then you'll share a little bit of conflict, which is the natural hook. So it's, hey, I was here doing this, and then this happened. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, or maybe it's something that they can relate to. So if you're looking for you know, a, sh- a kind of showstopper story to go in to an event, it doesn't have to mean you have to have this uber incredible life. All it means is think about where you are and maybe you want to go there to network to try and find clients for you, but don't just say, Hey, here's what I do. If you're ever interested, call me. I mean, what you say is, okay, I am a baker. Let's just use that example. So what do you go in and talk to people about? You talk to them about, um, something that happened that led you to decide to go there. So you basically make them ask you more questions. And then when you say, so now I'm a baker and they understand why it matters to you. Why do you care so much about baked goods? Maybe it's because it reminds you of a very close family member and you know that people are very, um, you know, when you want to draw a lot of people together, you bring food because it naturally kind of connects people and allows for conversations. So whatever it is you do or whatever the point is you're trying to make, don't just state that. Go back and think about why did I even care about this area to begin with? And that becomes a story to whet their appetite. And usually there were some hurdles, some difficulties. So start with something that's just kind of interesting that can relate to them and then deepen it by saying, here's how something went wrong. And then by the time you tell them what you do now, they'll think this person's amazing. I'd love to work with them. They have such a cool story about why they do what they do. And you won't be as reliant on them remembering your business card. They're going to remember who you are and look you up. That is really great advice and how to transform yourself into a fascinating personality, I think, Christy. So I have the feeling that you will leave us wanting more as well with this interview. So <laughs> I remember that you mentioned in the beginning, before we started the interview, that there is a free cheat sheet people can have. How to get it? Yeah, so I have created something to help you. If, if this is interesting to you and you want to delve a little deeper, then I have, it's called become your audience's bestie, their best friend. And I walk you through how you can start doing this brainstorm process to pull out memories that maybe you haven't even thought about in decades and how you can make sure that you're pulling out the right ones for the impact that you want to make with your audience. So if you're interested 
in going through that exercise, then you can go to a website. It's just bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash B bestie, B-E-S-T-I-E. And you can get that downloaded um, and start working on your story. That sounds really helpful. And I also think I got it right that you do one-on-one -on -one coaching on brand story coach, on marketing story strategies. So when someone wants to improve their whatever social media profile or their business story, you can help them as well in a special private coaching? Yeah, it's actually more, it's probably less coaching and more where I just pull the right story out of you and I write it for you. <laughs> and then I give it to you packaged so that you can just start using that in your marketing. Um, so for people who say, you know, this sounds great, but I don't have tons of time. Can I just work with you directly and have you pull the right memories out and craft them the way that they need for what I need it to do for my audience? Then um, I do that. It usually takes about one to two weeks to go through that process with me and then have your story ready to start sharing uh, throughout your business. And then for people who say, well, I'm curious, but I kind of like to do this at my own time and much less, you know, much more inexpensive route, then I do have an online course where I teach you exactly my process, but you can do it on your own time through video lessons and handouts. And if you go to my website, christybilbury.com, um, you can go to my products page and get the Stories That Convert course, and you can do that entirely on your own. Wow, I think that there is for everybody something, <laughs> whatever you like. So you are giving all the strategies away and I think everyone is unique. So yeah, speaks to different people in different ways. So before we end the interview, I really like to ask two questions. So let's start with the first one. Christy, is there any kind of book recommendation you can give around the topic of storytelling, of finding your story, uh, building a strategy? There's a book called Lead with a Story by Paul Smith. And that gets into the importance of when you're selling anything or just wanting to connect with an audience. Don't leave your story for the end. Start with a story because story is the most powerful way to draw in your audience, connect with their heart and make them really interested in what you have to say. So before you tell them all these wonderful, you know, all this content that you have and whatever it is that you do, if you want that to have meaning to the person and real context and you want them to remember it and just to pay attention Start it all out with a story. And he has a great book that walks you through that. That is really helpful. And then the last question for you, Christy, because this podcast is about mindset, mindfulness, and how to make your dreams come true. What's your approach on the mindset? Yeah, well, for me, I start every morning. I read the ancient scriptures. And I have found that when I feel anxious or overwhelmed, or maybe just exhausted and not ready to engage in whether it's work or whatever I have on my plate today, um, just going to the source of my creator and finding his wisdom and 
um, courage and strengthening to get through it. There's nothing that I have found that is more powerful um, in helping me bring what I need to bring to my day than um, reading that and completely set, having my mindset based on that. Hmm, that sounds like a magic tip for the end. I liked it. Really nice. great, Christy. So it was a pleasure having you on the show today. So much inspiration, so much insight around the storytelling and also connecting it to a strategy and to business. So I have the feeling that I would like to have you back one day on the show. I would love that. There are a lot of different things we could discuss on story that that I think your audience would love. I think so too. So thanks again very much, Christy, for being on Pure Mind Magic and until next time. Thank you, Victoria. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had fun with today's interview with Christy Bilbrey. Make sure to check out her website in the show notes as well as your free audiobook that is just for you. Going to the show notes and click on the link and you can download it directly very easy. So, for next Friday, going back to the original format, Friday's interview day, I'll bring you another great guest from the United States. His name is Dr. Vic Manso. He's a neuroscience mindset trainer. So, we will talk a lot about how to rewire our brain and all the neuroscience techniques that can help to get more focus, be more successful and live with more fulfillment. So make sure to tune in next Friday again. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pure Mind Magic podcast. Thank you so much. Until next time, create some magic. <laughs>